G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, some practical insights ahead over the coming minutes around the words we use in day-to-day life. It's not surprising that the words we use as Christians are powerful. After all, God used words to speak into being the whole of creation. And we're reminded in Proverbs 18.21 that tells us death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words can build others up and they can pull others down. We're back today for some insights on a practical level with former pastor and now Christian therapeutic life coach Peter Sorkia, who leads Empowering You. Peter, welcome back to 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. Peter, words. We use them all the time. Some people will say, what's controversial about that? But you've been giving this thought, uh, how we use words. What is controversial about words? Well, controversial could be the way we use them. That That is controversial in itself, isn't it? We can use them to build up. We can use them to bring down. We can. They're, they're very powerful, as you mentioned. So I guess that aspect is uh, are we using them for the benefit of others and anyone that would hear them? But I've been thinking more about how do they work and how do we use them and how are they employed? Um, because, of course, of course, God speaks through his spirit, through his word, through others, all of those means and other means into our hearts. And we receive his words and they do us good as we receive them. They revive us, they refresh us, they renew us, and they reveal God to us and they lead us. And we know God because of his words. So they are very, very much life to us. And so are we then passing that life on through our own words? So they really do have life, don't they? As they come into us and as we send something out, are they impacting us? so that our words are going out and impacting others for the gospel. No doubt we're shaped by the words our parents used as we were being raised as children, and that also obviously goes on to the next generation under us. We're shaping our kids with these words, but we're shaping everything around us. In fact, we'd probably be able to argue that it's words that shape whole cultures. So getting the words right is something that we could get our cues from God, but I wonder whether we're getting our cues from him as much as lots of other places. Any thoughts here? Yes, other places. So other places, as you mentioned, could be from the early years with our parents and what they were speaking into us. And that is such a huge subject. It's such a huge one. It's about, okay, what's being imprinted into our brains in those early years by the words from our parents to us and the words being spoken by them about the environment, about the culture, about God, about our other family members, about life. So those words are shaping our brain 
And interestingly enough, those words that say maybe I love you or you're not good enough, you know, two opposites, uh, they shape our brain as well. And they teach us to perceive life and ourselves and where we fit uh, for the rest of our lives. So those words are so important that parents are speaking, whether we're building up our children, whether we're uh, comparing our children to other children in other families. So that's really, really important about those early years and what that is doing to our thinking. Now, is this the be all and the end of our future? Not necessarily. We, we have a neuroplastic brain, so we can change those habits and those thoughts and those words that have been spoken into us by some work. And it does take quite a bit of work. But if we listen to the words that we tell ourselves, ourselves, what are we saying about ourselves and about our position in life and about how God loves us and about other people and how they see us? What are we speaking to ourselves? They are often from those early years, but we can change that because of neuroplasticity. So that might require lots of work with the Bible, with pastors, with coaches, counsellors, um, or just examining our own self-thought. So that's very important to have a look at. I call it thinking about what we're thinking about. Well, Peter, it's one thing to think about how our parents shaped us with words, but we're shaped mm. in all sorts of ways. I mean, the movies we watch, uh, the media we listen to, uh, the advertising that affects us, uh, all of these things are speaking words to us that shape the way we feel, the way we think about our whole internal destiny even. So it's not just our parents, but all sorts of things coming from a, a huge number of different places. Yes, there's an environment, isn't, isn't there? The culture that we are immersed in, and it's so powerful. Think about the communication online and, and social media and, yes, TV and programs and <laughs> documentaries or um, perhaps movies that are perhaps not very um, useful for our, uh, our well-being and to build us up. So those sorts of things are shaping us as well and shaping, as you say, how we think and how we feel and our destiny. If we tend to watch lots of movies perhaps on uh, a particular subject, that's how we perceive the world according to those movies. So we do need to be a bit, well, quite discerning about what we are allowing to speak to us because those words also have power and impact us, which will, again, impact others in our world. So it's our family, it's media, it could be our education. But if we're talking about how we ought to think of words, Peter, is there a contrast here about how God speaks to us that we need to be aware of? Well, God's word is truth and it says in Psalms 119, a very big psalm and lots in there about the word, but it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And doesn't that just say it all? His word speaks into existence things that didn't exist before. His word created the universe. His word is settled in heaven. So his word is so powerful. So Sitting in his word, immersing ourselves in his word, that is the way for us to be grown and to have life and to encourage ourselves. His word is 
is God. His word is Jesus. His word is truth. So sitting, immersing and being part of that, well, that being part of our life will then become part of who we are. So it's really important to to get in there. And I think when we make a decision that we are going to concentrate and think about and get into God's word, uh, then the enemy comes against us and it's very difficult then. Everything else pops up and there's much more exciting things perhaps to happen that could happen that we could be doing. But once we really push ourselves, and we might have to, to get into it and to delve and to ask the Lord, what is it that you are saying to me through this that I have just read? What is your word to me today, Lord, before we open up the Bible and let him speak through it. Then it becomes alive. Then we want more of it. We want more and more and more of it. So it is a process of maybe just making ourselves do it at first if it's not so easy and then getting a little bit every day, like a bit of a drip feed, just to feed us, just to grow us, just to uplift us, and it will become life and health to our bones, as it says, of itself. I think I can hear you say God's word is truth. And as we're exposed to that truth by reading it or through our local church or however we are exposed to God's truth, that somehow or other it's fair to say that one of the things that changes in us is the way we speak. And so we begin to reflect God's truth. Is that the way you're thinking about how the words change? Yes. And it is a process and it is something that we are to be proactive about and it is a battle to be constantly fought. There's so much coming in from the world into our heart, into our spirit, into our mind, into our soul that we do have these different voices that are coming at us. So part of the process is to discern what is it that I'm hearing right now or thinking about or listening to they are words they have come from somewhere do these things line up with God's word do they line up with truth if so then I'm going to sit there or dwell there or listen to that or concentrate all that or enjoy that but if these words that I'm thinking about or even reading or seeing if these words don't line up then maybe I shouldn't be interacting with them or maybe I should do something with them and put them aside it's a it's a journey to think about what we're thinking about as I just mentioned before and to uh, segregate the words that are coming in and uh, then just work on and live in the words that are going to do something good in us in order to do something good for others It's what we hear, it's what we believe, and then it's what we deliver to others. There's lots of dimensions there to include in a conversation like this. But, Peter, you're a therapeutic life coach. And when you're talking to people about some of the issues they're going through, how do you include words in the sorts of conversations you'd have with someone who's looking for help? Well... I've sort of said it in a very succinct way, but it is virtually to think about what words are coming in and what you're doing with them and what you're listening to and what you are going to focus on. And then if some of those words, those thoughts uh, that are in your mind are not helpful, 
for your well-being, then it might be time to look at those words and start to discard some and start to think about some other ways of looking at, uh, at life, at situations in one's life. Uh, so there's a whole lot of different therapeutic approaches and, and one of them that I quite like is called narrative therapy. So for me as a coach, I'm working with people heading towards some goals, but we come across humps on the way to those goals. So we need to drill down. So I, I drill down with my clients and we look at some of the stuff that is causing the humps. That could be the childhood things and um, other issues that are going on right now. And then some of these therapeutic approaches will be, I'll bring them in to the, the coaching. And so one, as I mentioned, the narrative therapy, that is about your words, about the stories that you tell yourself, about the, the narrative that you are telling yourself that you believe about yourself. And if those narratives aren't helpful, then it might be a good thing to look at where did they come from? Why did they appear? Why are you believing those? And okay, are they helpful? If they're not helpful, okay, what is in your personality? What strengths do you have that you can focus on instead that give you some hope and some joy and some feelings of optimism? So that's narrative therapy in a nutshell. Very powerful and really, I've seen so many people change using this particular modality. And do you have to have a special lesson on that or is there a book you can read? Is there some ways that you can take this a step further? Where do you recommend our listeners might go with that today? Well, narrative therapy is a form of uh, therapy, of psychological therapy, and so it is an approach. So people can Google narrative therapy. There is loads out there, Google Scholar, loads out there on narrative therapy. There's other different, there's other therapies as well, cognitive um, behavioural therapy, and that's thinking about what you're thinking about and then how you behave and how you feel. So that's another one that's useful. Um, uh, positive psychology is, is another one that's useful to start uh, thinking things that are working well in your life and focusing on those and uh, working from your strengths rather from your weaknesses. So what people are going through, there's a whole lot of different therapies. There's too many perhaps to even begin to investigate, but people could um, send me an email or chat with me and I could suggest where they could do some more research if, if that's their interest. And I imagine if you were seeking some help from a local counsellor, you might hope you could find one that could bring about a biblical foundation for the focus that you might have as you're trying to correct the sorts of stories we believe about ourselves and the way we pass those things on to others. Well, let me point people to Peter's website. You could connect with Peter Sorkia, S-O-O-R-K-I-A, PeterEmpoweringYou.com. And uh, you might even check out Peter's, got a couple of books there, Unfrazzle and Redazzle, and another one called Inquisitive. Peter Sorkia, wonderful getting your insights once again. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thanks very much for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.